Hello and welcome to Speak Your Mind, the podcast with Carla Peva. Today we will be speaking with a special guest, Greg Woods. He will be sharing his story with us. Welcome, Greg. Tell us your story and how it started. Oh, thanks, Carla. It's great to be here. And I think, you know, we could take the story into many different directions, but uh, in effort of maybe sharing a little bit about uh, uh, the road to get to where we were, um, I'll begin the story with, say, uh, with, 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 um, with the date of 2011, 2012, which is where my father passed away. And uh, my father, for those that don't know, was actually uh, the one that started my business that I currently own and operate. And at the time, I had found myself in a very sort of fragile position of uh, needing some sort of security and mentorship and uh, parental guidance. And of course, you know, upon his passing, that that became, um, that wasn't there. And not so much in personal life, but in business. Uh, and it was through a lot of trials and tribulations of the next couple years that I started to figure out not only what my own path was, but what my purpose in life was and what we were here to do, which was a lot of what the business offers today and what we stand for, which is making humans better humans and helping people develop themselves interpersonally through things like emotional intelligence and self-awareness and consciousness and communication. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. So now... Um... While going through that journey of your father's passing, how, like, which tools did you use for yourself to overcome that painful journey in your life? Yeah, so, you know, what I should also add in the story is when he passed, the business was in financial turmoil. So not only did he pass as, as, as my parent, but, uh, you know, the, the business was then left in a very jeopardized position, which required a lot of me to take on. And at the time, I didn't quite understand the full world of P&Ls and finances and business. So I had to learn very quickly. Um, and I you know, immediately found myself a coach and a mentor. And some of the things that I started to very much practice and work on are the things that we teach in our courses today, which are things like self-awareness, really understanding what our strengths are and where our challenges are, looking at how we can start to lean into certain relationships for support, such as coaching and mentoring, uh, being able to practice mindfulness and being able to be very conscious of that inner dialogue and that inner thoughts, because sometimes in the moments of stress and when things are feeling overwhelm, uh, overwhelming, uh, it's easy for the person or for a human being to float towards the negative. And, um, <clears throat> obviously, while going through that, you know, grieving, um, moment in your life it was basically like an awakening moment which you actually mentioned about um, some tools there did you uh, apply those tools to yourself as a form of kind of um, you know to get over that grief and emotional internal pain yeah, I think, you know, in a lot of cases, if I didn't do that, I don't know if I would have, you know, been a very healthy human being, specifically emotionally and spiritually. Um, I don't think there was so much grief on my part, more uh, more anger and resentment, which uh, took some time to, to work past. And again, applying the tools of everything that we just described, along with a number of others, 
including uh, uh, leaning into the world of psychology and leaning into the world of debriefing, be, being able to to just really talk and express and and journal and get some of these things out of the way is the thing that starts to clear the path. Mm-hmm. And now about the anger, what really was there that caused anger and, and not so much that grief part? Well, I think we all, uh, well, the, in my father's passing, we had time for him to pass. So there was, a, there was a timeline. So I think we got to do the grieving almost in real time, not just myself, but family as well. I think the anger uh, came from, from uh, just an upbringing, um, upbringing by him, which was we grew up in a very aggressive home. So the way we learned how to deal with emotion, the way we learned how to deal with stress was through fight, was through attack, was through to, through anger. And, you know, in a lot of cases, if we look at anger like fire, you know, fire can, can mm-hmm. serve you in a lot of cases, but it can also be quite detrimental. It can burn That's things right. and burn things down. So how you manage the heat and how you manage the flame, I think is really important. And I think it was through accepting the fact that it's okay to be angry. I think it's okay to feel the resentment and the frustration, but now starting to unpack that stuff and starting to think about where does it come from and how's it showing up in other aspects of your life and how's it serving versus not serving are a lot of the self-reflective and the self-awareness questions that you have to sit with. You know, self-awareness is is a difficult exercise. It takes a lot of responsibility. Requires you to lean into the things that aren't so nice and aren't so warm. And hopefully through that hard work and through that acceptance, I think acceptance has a lot to do with it. Being vulnerable has a lot to do with it. Being able to lean into your emotions and understand that they're okay and then starting to process them um, is important. But it is through that exercise that we get to more of an awareness. We get to more of an awakening. We get to more of a place of consciousness where things like managing that internal dialogue or um, you know, mindset becomes a lot easier yes for sure and now going back to your childhood you mentioned there about how it was not a very um you know easy childhood kind of thing uh mm-hmm. in other words do you want to share with us a little bit more about that yeah i think uh you know if you grew up in a certain generation which was you know gen x and onwards you know you our parents in some cases are not like parents that we have today i mean i grew up in a world in an environment where it was a little bit of like a survival of the fittest you know hitting your kids and consequence and punishment were 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 regular in, in, in the world that we grew up in. I grew up in South Africa as well, which you learn from a very young age how to survive and, 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 and you know, how to, how to fight. So it was only once we, you know, um, moved to Canada that those things changed. But what didn't change was a father who, in some cases, was a very brilliant man, but was extremely tortured and aggressive. And, you know, one of the things as a parent that I understand today is the importance of role modeling the behavior that we tend to, uh, that we want to see. And back to my comment before, parenting back then was very different to what parenting is today. And I totally I up, agree with you. Right. And, and it was unhealthy. You know, I grew up in fear. And, you know, if you look at, if you look at, um, 
what we understand about child psychology today, that that fear at a very young age, those those major moments and those major events are quite traumatizing, and in a lot of cases, imprinting. Um, and they affect us many, 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 many years later. Uh, you know, there's a whole new world of research out there that now talks about childhood trauma. Um, yes, yes, and that's very important because as, you know, adults, for some reason, we become so uh, emotional at times, overwhelmed, and then we try to look for answers because we don't know where is this coming from. And little that you know, it's the trauma right. that's hidden uh, right. from your childhood is waking up and you don't know what to do with it. Right. And sometimes that happens for people much later on in life and they don't know how to deal with it. I think, you know, what I was fortunate enough was to to be forced to work through these things at a younger age you know uh, in a lot of cases the circumstances of the business the circumstances of my father the circumstances of my relationship with him the circumstances of you know uh trying to to battle through this world in some cases by yourself i was exposed to a lot a lot earlier in life which has given me i guess in some cases more time to lean into the stuff but it took me a long time to figure out that the stuff from my childhood in my formative years, things that in some cases you're unconscious with, are imprinting and impacting to who we are as adults. And we have to lean into this stuff. We have to recognize that in a lot of cases we're damaged. In a lot of cases we're works in progress. In a lot of cases it's okay to be damaged in work, works and processes as long as we're able to to become aware of where it's all coming from and what we could do about it. You know, life is filled with choices and there's there's so much out there to, to, to help us grow mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and it's about doing the exercise. I think sometimes people put too much um, emphasis on the outcome versus the, the exercise and the journey that we need to take. Uh, we live in a world now that's instant, right? So we want instant results, instant feedback, instant response. In a lot of cases, this type of work, when it comes down to personal growth and you know emotional growth, really requires time and 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 effort just to take one step at a time and to keep practicing, to keep getting up, and to keep swinging. Yes, it's so true. And um, basically, we become impatient with the world, with ourselves, with everything around us. Yes. Right. 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 And, and, and part of that is technology ahead. too. I was going to say part of that is the technology, which is, you know, we don't have to wait. Again, back to back to. I don't want to sound like this is a generational thing, but you know, I was talking with a friend the other day, and we were talking about the uh, current circumstances of the pandemic over the last year. And he said to me, he said, "Could you imagine if this happened to us when we were kids?" There were no cell phones and internet back then. There was there was there was there was nothing like what what would you do? At least in some regards, today's world has some sort of technology that you can keep connected with. But what would it have looked like for us to go through this and call it the early '80s, the late '70s? Yeah, I think um, the ideal would be uh, people going to their backyards you know, learning more hands-on things, um, being more free spirit, I would say. Mm -hmm. 
and more open-minded towards you know other things in life right uh which i find nowadays because of the technology yes it's a beautiful thing however it brings some barriers to the functionality especially with children per se that mm-hmm. when you ask them to do something uh they don't know how to get a res- like a solution for that you have to help them because their brain is not that at that stage mm-hmm. right Mm-hmm. Depends on the kids. I think on an extreme note, yeah, what you're starting to see is a complete uh, inability to to operate or be successful in social uh, certain certain aspects of life or problem solving. I think you know if you if if you remember sometimes when we were kids, trying to figure things out was the whole day exercise, right? That's that's where the adventure became versus being able to. I think what you're describing quickly google the answer and quickly search for the outcome without having to to go through that problem solving. But technology is not all bad. I mean, I think in a lot of cases what we tend to do is we label these things and we tend to to put too much weight in them. The technology itself is not the issue. Um the governance around it and how we're utilizing technology as a tool is what becomes difficult and You know, if we look at one thing that's happened in 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 with uh, the human races, we've gotten wealthier and faster as we progress through the centuries and through the generations. So, you know, we just get used to doing things a lot faster and we get used to having the success of accessibility. But just because we have it doesn't mean that we should always use it. So, I agree there's a there's a there's a world out there that uh, can take that can misuse or misfire with these things. That's right. Now going back to your um you know coming to Canada um at what age did you come to Canada? So I was 10 years old so in some regards and I was actually sharing this with uh, someone the other day which was the challenge I had growing up was you know I didn't have a social group that you grew up with and that you were friends with forever I was a little bit of a nomad or a uh, you know a, a mat as they would say um but 10 years old moved from South Africa to Canada uh, obviously very uh, uh very different culture and stuff and then try to figure out what your place was trying to define yourself trying to to develop some friendships and uh social relationships along the way so it was always an interesting exercise but besides living there i've also lived in many places around the world which i think has been a great advantage to my growth and my education and part of my resilience and uh my success in life is coming from being a little bit of a global citizen being able to not just live in Canada but be able to explore the world and to be able to spend time in places which again builds resilience in one of my uh, in my book one of uh, one of the chapters talks about uh, world perspective which is one of the greatest things we can develop when it comes down to business is a global or a world perspective not from a place of corporation but from a place of culture being able to 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 um experience live uh uh socialize in different cultures and in different places in the world nothing will help you more than that um what you could learn from people is tremendous and I think if you think about it that's that's what all we do nowadays right it's always we're learning from people 
but back to the traveling and the exploring and being able to 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 uh, experience different cultures is 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 a gift that I would that I cherish and that I would highly recommend it for anyone out there that if at any point they're feeling a little lost go go travel go explore go live in different cultures um, because it's those experiences that are going to start to be uh, quite forwarding yes and um, while trying to um, you know to overcome that struggle when you came here um, like how did you deal with it because like you know as we spoke earlier the fact that at home it wasn't really um, you know the healthiest because of your father and then coming into a new country having to deal with you know a new culture um, how did you um, manage to overcome that Yeah, so let's just define this. So at home, right, while we grew up with a very aggressive father, it was still a, it was still a, uh, an encouraging home in a lot of regards. You know, in some regards, the, the experience of, uh, of dad was, was, was um, only realized much later on in life, which is uh, the distance. Um, And I also would want to talk that, like, you know, as much as I, you know, grew up and had to sort of fight my way through life, it, it, it wasn't a bad thing. So when it comes to getting, oh, to answer your question, getting over stuff, I don't think you get over stuff. I think you get through stuff. I think you work through stuff. I think you you keep plodding along. And here's the, tr the most truthful answer, or here's just the blunt answer. There was no choice, right? There was no choice. There was either you... You move on and you build friends and you figure it out and you problem solve and you deal with the bully and you deal with the awkwardness um, or you don't. And I think also to that point, you know, I, 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 was, I was exploring the world from the age of 16. So in a lot of cases, part of the way I guess I dealt with it and as I'm talking this out, part of the way I, I think I coped with it was in some regards running away a little bit. You know, trying to find oneself continuously. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how, how I could answer that. Yeah, I, you know what? You answered um, the best way that you could because, you know, at the fact that you mentioned there, running away from it, it's definitely uh, shows how, you know, human you are and how many of us you can resonate with many people out there that um, we all have a moment in our life where we run from things right and um, and it's very you know I'm grateful that you shared that part because it's very raw and very real yeah you're right you know as you just uh, paraphrase that I think in a lot of cases uh, um, It uh, becomes a tool, not a tool, becomes a way that we all deal with it. And, you know, until this conversation, I don't know if I ever would have defined it as running away. But yeah, absolutely. I, I, I ran for as far and as long as I could until having to face the situation, which truthfully was his death, was his passing. That was when, when one didn't, didn't have to run away anymore, but then thrown into the situation of now having to deal with the responsibility of that as well so look I, you know i think there's there's some basic rules in life 
one of them is you know um, surround yourself with with really strong people surround yourself with positive people be very conscious of the toxicity that you could you could find yourself in and I've been fortunate I've been very disciplined and I've been very very um, intentional about the relationships that I have in my life and uh, without that I don't know if I would be where I am today because even early days you know um, depending on the groups and depending on the the the, the people would determine which direction we went and I had a moment I think it was probably around 15 16 years old where I was like I gotta be I gotta change the friend group I gotta change the people I'm around uh, I've got to start to to surround myself with some different friends and peers and social social environments and ever since then I've been hypersensitive so I think you know in some cases when we can't do it ourselves well, let's let's be lucky enough to to lean on certain friends and relationships and hopefully you've you've chosen wisely yes I so agree with you because I find that it's so true because you know as even parents they tell their children make sure you're you choose the right friends because your friends could lead you to the wrong paths right so right. the fact you bring this up it's it's big because you shifted that you know place where you felt stuck and you shifted into a different a social circle that then allowed you to rise and break through, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's amazing. Um, and it's a great key point for those that will be listening to your story. We will take a quick break and we will be right back. Have you heard about the Aborigine Handcrafts Panama hats? Well, let me tell you, they provide a various styles for all occasions and presently they have a new summer collection. So check out Aborigine Handcrafts Panama hats at aboriginehats.com or you can contact them at 647-303. Four eight seven two. And we are back with Greg's story. You know, uh, I have an amazing wife uh, who I get broadly. Here's what I'll share about that story. You know, um, I'm very back to, uh, you know, it's very important that you, you surround yourself with strong friends. It's even more important that you pick a strong partner, you know, someone that in a lot of cases will help you be a better human being and, you know, forgive you and accept you for who you are. Because um, without that, your relationship won't last. Um, I see too many people, specifically in my peer group, which yeah. are divorced. People that are, you know, married once, twice, and maybe three times in divorce. And you know, everyone's launching into these relationships. And of course, marriage is hard, but having a partner that is going to 
in a lot of cases make sure that their their intention is is your is looking after you and making sure you're successful back to surrounding yourself with with good friends you you need to pick your partner really wisely um and in the world of instant gratification people get into relationships for all the wrong reasons and they look for that instant gratification in their relationships and when they finally wake up and realize that no that's not it there's no depth there's no substance the, this person is not a partner you start to see that relationship end so you know to that um and as far as kids go i am i've got two beautiful children um almost 5 almost 7 and one of the things that i remind myself of each and every single day is all it takes is for me to screw this up just a little bit in order to screw them up a lot and if yeah. i can if i can manage my own stuff i don't want to swear and normally i swear and curse but i won't uh, if i could manage my own stuff if i could uh if i could be mindful and conscious of my tone and how i talk and what i do and hopefully we'll just be able to set them on the on on a great path but i think you know back to surrounding yourself with with uh with uh, the right relationships your kids are are brought into your life to 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 remind you of how much work you have to do as a human being to continue to be better tomorrow than you were today because the Absolutely. reality is your kids are growing and if you're not growing and if you're not going to get better tomorrow or today you just might you know mess your kids up so what a great responsibility and a great reminder that you know you 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 have a lot of work to do in life uh which is to be as we say a better human tomorrow than you are today that's right i uh, i agree with that and um another thing is um You know, when you became a father for the first time, how was that feeling? My first feeling of having a kid, I was I was deathly afraid. I was scared as anything. I I thought there there I was very scared to have a kid because of my own upbringing and my own experience with parenting, which was yeah. am I going to turn am I going to turn into my parents, which by the way, the second i stop thinking about will be the second i start to be, uh, behave like him because oh i see we're conditioned right you know as much as you don't want to be your parents you you end up being them in some capacity uh, as long as you were raised by them um so i was really worried i was really worried you know one financially can we provide a life and a security and an experience for for them that i want i was really worried on can i provide the nurturance and the love and the environment and the relationship that uh, the, these kids need am i going to be able to teach them and you know instill lessons of them and, you know what happens in later on in life when they get a little older so i was i was scared i was really 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 scared it took me a while but you know there's there's no greater gift than than children uh for so many different reasons right one which is what we described before you have this great responsibility to build better human beings but also what an opportunity for yourself to be a better human being because of the responsibility of others so today i i i i am truly blessed and appreciate the gift that my children give me every single day wow that's beautiful i love that statement um it's amazing and um now the the other thing is um about your current career 
um, we have an understanding that such flourished from, you know, after your father passing and then you went towards that. Um, and can you talk to us a little bit more about um, like what you do currently and how you help others to uh, change their life? Sure. So the company is called WITS. What we do is uh, training, develop, coaching. Uh, we help people um, uh, develop and learn uh, interpersonal skills. Uh, self-awareness is where we begin. We do a lot of work around self-awareness and we start to explore that world and how it starts to, starts to um, impact things like your personal and your professional development. And if we could start there by understanding your personality and understanding why you behave the way you do and where did these emotions and feelings come from and how did you develop these habits? Well, once we could do those three things, we could now start to grow from there, which is back to personal and professional. Um, once we start to explore the world of self-awareness, we start to help people develop certain tools to be more when it comes down to behavior, communication, and emotions because there are tools there are ways to learn how to communicate you could learn how to feel differently you could learn how to change your perception you could learn how to be conscious you could learn how to assert yourself you could learn how to um, um, be emotionally intelligent these are skills and behaviors that can be developed in a lot of cases we never have because the only reference for that has been our nuclear home and our friends. So yeah. <clears throat> a, lot, a lot of work we do is around that. We help people go through that personal growth again. Um, and whether they are trying to be a better mom or better dad or a better spouse or a better team member or better leader, we help people through courses and, and coaching. Amazing. Now, um, I want to shift something here towards I saw one time uh, you placed it on Instagram, you were getting a tattoo. Mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk to us a little bit about your art that you have in your body and sure. what does it represent to you, to your life? So uh, coincidentally, I just had this conversation on Saturday with a good friend who also uh, appreciates the world of, and art of tattoos. Um, once upon a time, tattoos, I think, had a meaning, for me at least, you know, you would get a tattoo that had a reference to some sort of belief or some sort of value or, you know, what you represent. And what I've grown to understand and what I've started to figure out is tattoos for me don't necessarily have a symbolic meaning, but they do have a reference for time. They have a memory. And in some regards, the art and the, the exercise of tattoos is if you ask me what, am, what does this tattoo mean what does this tattoo mean depending on when i got it will determine the answer i give you but if you ask me tell me about what was going on in your life and what was that year like and what were you doing and where did you get it and what were your friends like and what was the experiences that you were going through i could write a novel and tattoos oh, wow. for, for me have become more of a, a way to 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 mark um, moments in time and uh, emotional memories uh, versus having some symbolic meaning. So, so would know, it be like would it be like a form of expressing yourself in that present mm -hmm. moment? 
yeah, so one of my some of my early tattoos I think would represent my need for independence and my need for for my self identity and for myself. Um, as I sort of grew, my 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 tattoos start to uh, mark and remember certain stories and relationships of those moments and like what we got to experience. Uh, today, some of my tattoos represent my family and sort of what the values are of my family and you know what 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 I tend to to experience with the family at, uh, at the time. And you know, in some regards, maybe we might look at this as a primitive form of documentation, which is we are just documenting the life experience that we have. And I have vivid memories right now of like my daughter talking to me about where I should get the tattoo, right? Not the tattoo that I got, because in fact, when we were talking about doing certain tats that um, we were talking about a completely different tattoo. But I remember very, very, very specifically her saying, by the way, you should get your tattoo here. And I remember thinking, well, why, why, why should I get it? And she's like, well, I just like that spot. And I can tell you what we did that day and where we were and what the weather was like. And it'll be a memory like a digital photo that will be imprinted of my daughter and I having that conversation. So I think yeah. that's for me what tattoos really represent is not the symbolic reference, but the, the reference to time, the story of your life. Wow, that's beautiful. That's so true, actually. Um, I never quite, you know, um, looked at it that way about how a tattoo would be, you know, like a, a mark with regards to that chapter in your life, right? Mm -hmm. Or a storyteller of that chapter of your life. So yeah. um, it's very um, interesting how you position it that way. Yeah, it's just, you know, the other the other reason I say that is because now it just gives me permission to keep getting tattoos and uh, my wife will have to accept it because, you know, I'm telling her that I'm documenting my life. So what's she gonna say? No, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, now, um, the other thing is, uh, tell us about your book, because you've been mentioning your book various times now. Um, tell us a little bit about your book and when was that published and what was the intent behind it? Uh, so let's start with what was the intent. I wrote the book for all the wrong reasons. I didn't write a book because I wanted to share knowledge. I wrote a book because I wanted to have a book. Now oh. the exercise of writing the book was, was quite, quite eye-opening. Uh, but the book is called Lead, Follow, or Get Out of the Way. And similar to the story that I just shared about the tattoos, maybe started it for this intention, but ended up with a very different outcome. And it ended up with, you know, what I would describe as my first um, uh, foundational book which is a um, book around what it takes to be a leader today. And not just leader in business, a leader in life. Doesn't matter whether you lead a business or whether you're leading a family or whether you're leading a friendship or whether you're leading a relationship or whether you're influencing a community, how you show up in those areas are important. You got three choices. Choice number one, step up and lead. Say something. Uh, make a decision, drive something forward. Or, or number two, follow. Right? If you don't want to make the decision, if you don't want to be the leader, that's okay. You could be a great contributor and you could, you could participate. Or three, get out of the way. 
And that's where the title came from. Lead, follow, or get out of the way. You got one of those three choices. But what you don't get to do is you get to complain. So pick a path. The book talks about your personality, gives you a little bit of an exploration around sort of what your personality is and how it's built and why we lead the way we do. And then we get into some chapters around sort of what just my personal thought is around what it takes to be a leader today. One of them is transparency, the importance of being transparent, not just with self, but with others. The importance of understanding how failure is a part of progress. Without, without, without failure, you're not going to progress, or in some cases, you need to always progress and that's going to trip uh, you're going to trip along the way optimism being optimistic because at the end of the day if you can't uh, if you can't smile and you can't bring that positive energy you know sometimes uh, others won't either uh, servant leadership that we are here to serve as human beings we are here to serve uh, compassion being authentic and being able to support and being able to operate with compassion in all aspects that we do. Uh, creative thinking, which is all about, you know, at the end of the day, we got to think outside the box. Tenacity, grit and resilience, as I was describing. Some of us got hit when we were kids and we learned how to be tough when we were young. But just because you didn't get hit doesn't mean that you don't, uh, you don't, you can't develop resilience or develop, uh, develop that risk, uh, that, uh, that uh, resilience and, and grit. Um, world perspective, it's something I mentioned earlier, being global, communication, how important it is to communicate and a few other chapters. So that's what the book's about. Uh, it's a very light read. It was always written in the exercise of provoking thought and hopefully getting you to operate a little bit better tomorrow than you were today. Now, um, Greg, is there a special message you would like to share with our listeners today? Sure. Um, life is difficult. We are met with a tremendous amount of obstacles and challenges every single day. And what you choose to do with them, how you choose to face them, how you choose to respond, how you choose to be better tomorrow versus today is entirely up to you. And if there's one thing that you do in life, remember this, teach, teach people. The greatest gift you can give another human being is your willingness to teach or your knowledge to share. And the greatest, greatest way to teach people, the greatest way to teach your children, to teach your staff or team members, to teach your significant others, is to role model the behavior you want to see. Act and behave in a way that allows other people to look at you and say, you know what? I'm going to do what they do. I like the way they handle that. I'm going to try to practice what they do because that's what the uh, that's what people are here for. They're here to learn, they're here to grow, and you have a responsibility to teach. And that's the message I've been with you. Amazing. That's very powerful. Um, now, Greg, I would like to thank you for sharing your inspirational story with us today. And for all the listeners out there, a big thank you and keep tuning in for our next episode. Namaste.